what is going on i want to welcome you from half court i am your host sean murphy and today i am joined by the bun and the bun and cardigan show the champion of pistons twitter donned by both twitter itself and espn um i am joined by the motown noah and one of my favorite people on the internet nick what is going on man thank you so much for joining me so I'm very glad that we did not even discuss uh, how you were going to introduce me. Because if we were doing this like eight months ago, I would have said, you need to say the the Pistons Twitter champion. That was like a hard requirement for me. Right, um, right. So I'm glad that you did it unprompted. I think it was hilarious that ESPN caught a lot of flack from Pistons Twitter because they said <laughs> self-proclaimed Pistons Twitter champion. Even I was kind of like, oh, well, well, obviously they don't know the context or right, anything. Right. but. Um, no, that is, uh, it is, it is undisputed, not self, it's not self, uh, self-proclaimed. Um, yeah. I'm really excited, man. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, dude. I, are you kidding me? So I, I tweeted out the other day and I, and I know you saw it, but it was, um, I tweeted out that you were one of my role models on, uh, on Twitter and, and in yeah. general, just because, um, you know, just, just a little background. I was telling you this before, but you know, I've, um, I, I've seen where you've been versus where you're at now. And as someone that, um, I, I love, I have a passion for basketball. I have a passion for talking, writing, whatever it is. And, um, you know, there were, uh, there were even some times where, uh, you and I did a little work together at a, at a little publication, like writing piston stuff. And you were always super encouraging to me. We've always had this cool relationship where we could talk basketball and also sure. just seeing, um, how talented you are and all the things that you've gotten to do, man, genuinely, this is, this is an honor. So, um, it's nice to finally sit down and meet you and talk just cause I've always kind of considered you someone that could, that could be a good friend of mine. And, you know, dude, this is just awesome. So again, thank you so much for being here. It means a lot. Yeah. I, uh, I remember reading that tweet and I was like, role model, really? I, I never really, I guess I, I quite the ego stroke there for me. So I, I appreciate <laughs> it, man. Um, yeah, just it's keep been, building uh, that ego, dude. Just keep yeah. building that up. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a crazy week and that just added to it. Um, yeah, no, I mean, the, the ride has been pretty great. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily think that I'm anywhere significant, but obviously relative to, you know, about two or so years ago when you probably started, you know, following me around that time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's been crazy. You know, uh, I'd say in the last, like two years ago, I was, I think, I don't even think I was at a thousand followers yet. Um, you know, we're closing in on 10,000 right now. Like that's pretty cool. That's a lot of people. Um, so, you know, I, I, and we, we did talk about this a little bit, you know, before we started that, um, you know, I do know for a fact that you're not lying, that you were kind of there from the beginning a little <laughs> bit. So I'm, I'm especially appreciative of those people because the snowball wouldn't have happened um, without, without, you know, you. So um, it's great. And, and it's also like, I feel like you've been acting like it was really hard to get me on the show. Like it was like, it's a really nice no, thing it for wasn't. me to do. You were so gracious. Well, it's insane. What, I, what I mean is that I feel like, I, I think a lot of people think that I'm really busy and that it's really hard to get me on. It's not just ask and I'll do it. Like that's the end of it. If I see your message or your tweet and you're asking me to do it. Yes. I'll just, let's do it. Um, if I don't like if I, if I haven't replied to you, just cause I haven't seen it, but right. um, this is only like the fourth podcast I've ever been a guest on. So really, <laughs> yes, people don't ask. They just don't ask. <laughs> so here we are. I'm excited. I like being a guest because the pressure's off of me. Heck yeah, man. Well, dude, like, like I was telling you before, I, I didn't give you the full scoop, but I told you that your podcast with, with James 
who, by the way, I am a huge fan of James too. So the fact Great. that you do a podcast with him is crazy. But um, so the what the way my podcast got started, I, I saw the announcement trailer and stuff for your guys' podcast. And all James's about, idea, by the way, the the trailer was all his idea, and it was amazing. Yeah. By the way, just just quit plug the Bun and Cardigan show. You can find yes. it on iTunes. You can find it on on uh, on Spotify. It is uh, Nick and James Edwards the third. It is an absolutely phenomenal listen. You got to check it out. It is a great podcast. One of my favorites. I love it. Um, yeah. We we just hit. Um, sorry to cut you off again. I just no. checked it, and I just texted James like ten minutes before we jumped on. Uh, we just hit. 100 reviews on the show on Apple Podcasts. So that's great. The problem oh, dude, is that we got we, we got 99 five stars and one one star. So I don't know who you are out there. Um, <laughs> James and I have our best people working on it. He's using his um, surveillance uh, uh, resources at The Athletic to track down whoever that was. So rest assured, uh, we will find them. Yeah, be grateful it'll be James coming for you because, you know, he might get Shams involved too. And if, <laughs> if Sham comes suiting down, all hell would break loose, man. Um, no, but I, I listened to your first episode, and right as I was listening to it, it was the it was the reminder of, you know, before, like, um, when we were writing together, you were always super encouraging to me of, you know, just, just do it, and you, you would praise me for how talented I was. And um, a lot of the times we did those kinds of things, it gave me confidence. So me listening to that episode... I was like, man, this is great, but also um, it's time for me to finally get my creative juices going and finally put my project together. So, um, yeah, man, you know, you you never knew it really because I kind of tried my best to keep that to myself. But um, until now, but <laughs> um, you've you've uh, inspired me in a lot of different ways, man. All right. But we do have you here. I do want to take advantage of this time and I just kind of want to start. We're going to I just want to get to know you or, you know, our, our listener to get to know you a little bit better and then we'll be definitely talking some basketball but first um so you talked about how you started this a couple of years ago you know you have all these yeah. fake fans that are like oh bro i've been following you for four or five years it's crazy it's felt like four or five years but i can't believe it's only been a couple just because of how much you've done um but how did uh, how did it start with with your with your journey on twitter with the with the content that you're making the things that you're doing how did that start because it kind of started with those recap videos right was that the beginning of it all yeah so basically what it was um i would just watch pistons games and i would think you know i feel like i could kind of add something to this like i wish i, I don't I, listen i don't think that everybody needs to have a podcast i don't think everybody's opinions need to be heard Right. So I don't know why I thought that mine was important, but I thought that it was. Right. Um, I'm I'm off to a rough start because that sounds super self obsessed, but um, I don't I I word I I verbalized that poorly, but basically hey, I can't throw stones at a glass house, man. I got a podcast <laughs> here. What am I doing? <laughs> well, no, no, no. It's not about that because so because no, I, I listened to your last episode and I was very pleasantly surprised at the pacing and the oh, and thanks, the, just sort of the direction that it took. I was genuinely impressed by it. Um. But basically, I just started um, recording uh, via Instagram stories uh, my recaps, right? And it was just for people that I, you know, worked with or that I knew or, you know, that I went to high school with or things like that. People were like, this is fun. Like, this is entertaining, I guess. And then um, I would just save the story as a whole. So it would save as an entire video and I would just upload it to Twitter. And just through there, what I started to do, um, so I'll, after every final score tweet, that let's say the Pistons are playing the Celtics. 
Right. I would copy the link to my tweet and I would reply with it to the Pistons final score tweet, uh, the Celtics final score tweet. If, you know, BR or ESPN or anybody tweets anything about the game, I would attach yeah. it there. Um, and that's just sort of how people started to find it, right? So I, I've always kind of said that the best content on Twitter is often in the replies, right? If you're somebody who checks the replies, that's that's usually where you're going to find a lot of the good stuff. Mm-hmm. So apparently people thought that I was one of those things. And, um, you know, to this day, even as somebody who said uh, not everybody's opinion is all that interesting, I, I don't even think mine is to this day. I just said it last night. I'm just a guy with an internet connection. That's sort of where it begins and ends. Right. Um, you guys enable me to continue to making to to continue to make the recap. So I was like, sure, I'll give the people what they want. And ultimately, it was always trying to find a way to articulate the the, the happenings of a 48 minute basketball game um, in a way that you know, trying to point something out that somebody didn't notice, or you know, just just kind of trying to make it its own unique thing. And luckily people gravitated towards it and it sort of materialized into something that I didn't expect, which is always the question, like, where did you think it would go? Yeah. I was hoping for like two likes on Twitter per video. And um, the one that got me on ESPN is at like 2000. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, man, that that's just absolutely crazy. And I, I was listening to your last episode as well of the, of the Bun and Cardigan show. I know you said like, you said something to the effect of, I don't really know why people view me the way that they do or why, yeah. um, or, or why I have this kind of following or anything like that. And I think if I could even try to attempt to speak for a lot of other people, it's, it kind of speaks back to why I, you know, why I was, why I followed you and why I've been so excited to follow you throughout this journey is that you have a uncanny, like you can't like, you can't get it natural the only way you have it is naturally kind of ability to both um perfectly describe but also embody why we love the pistons so much and in that passion that you have but also just how genuine and real of a dude you are because you don't just post the situations when it's when it's all highs and everything is good and and sunshine and lollipops man like one of the things i admire about you the most too is that you're always so open and transparent of when you're not having the greatest day or if things aren't things aren't going the greatest so um you're genuinely one of the realest people on twitter man and i mean that so yeah i mean thank you uh genuinely man i i I think um i I don't know in terms of authenticity like i look at it like this like because i've learned that people look at me in a really weird way um like i've (laughs) i've ran into some people like in real life that know me from twitter and some of them are they're totally fine but some people were kind of like, whoa. And I was like, I'm not somebody that should make you go, whoa. Right. I'm just like a dude. And like that's how I was like when Luke and I became friends. When Luke Kennard and I became friends, I was like super taken aback by like how, oh, my gosh, this is, a you know. And he's just a guy. Like at the end of the day, right. people are just people. Like that's it. And um, if I'm able to, I guess, display that or showcase it and it's conveyed in the way that I hope that it is, um, then that's great. Like. I am super high energy. Like the honest to God truth is when I get super excited in, in post game recaps, whether it's Boston last night, whether it's the Lakers, you know, a week or a week and a half ago, um, whether it's beating the nets and I, I jump in the shower. Um, the reality is that I'm more excited than what shows in the videos. Um, right. It's just that I have to compose myself to a certain level where I'm actually able to talk about the game and make it entertaining. Um, I, I don't think that there's much value in being the guy who yells at his phone. I don't necessarily love that that's sort of the brand, but it's what gets people entertained. So, 
Um, that's what I try to stick to. And that's also why I've tried to branch out a little bit and just sort of make like actual video content. I haven't done it a bunch. I actually planned on doing it today and then was busy watching like the Avengers. So I just, just <laughs> I just stopped. Um, I went Bro, back Wanda- and watched I, I, also WandaVision. I watched that yesterday. Mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we won't spoil anything because it's only been out. The newest episode's only been out for a day. But 100%. Um, like I went back and watched the original Iron Man last night for the first time in a few years. And I always remember that in my head as being like, that's to me, that's the best Marvel movie, period. Man, it still holds up. But anyways. Um, no, I've um, been going back and watching them, too. It's funny you say that. I've been going out yeah. and back and watching a lot of them. Thor the Dark World, by the way, as terrible as you remember. But anyway. Um, Listen, <laughs> people don't like that movie. I remember seeing it for the first time and being like, I don't get what the problem is. I think it was because I was expecting it to be literally the worst movie of all time. And yeah. when it wasn't that, I was like, oh, I thought this was fine. So my perception of it is, is different than other people's. Is it, <clears throat> excuse me, is it Ragnarok? No, because no yeah. movie is Ragnarok. That is a, it's a fundamentally different movie. Like it's right. just, a, it's just better in every right. uh, conceivable way. But um, yeah, no, I, I mean, it, it's been, it's been really fun. Like this has been probably the craziest week um, since I've started doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been great. Like I could pull up my metrics right now and, but that seems too braggy and kind of, <laughs> I don't want to do that, but like, it's been crazy, right? Like the, oh, the engagement yeah. has oh, been there. Yeah. It's been awesome. And, and um, here's what I'll say, Sean, I'll, I'll give you, uh, you've been, you've been saying really nice things about me. I, uh-huh. I'm going to say something nice about you. Okay. I said All that right. I liked your podcast. Okay. The night that I went on ESPN, okay, I counted nine people asked me to come on their show, and you were the first person that I said yes to. I saw everybody else's, and I and I and I still I I'm kind of going to contradict myself because I haven't replied to some of them because I was really I I was celebrating that night. I'll right, say that. Right. So um, I was like I I don't have the mental capacity to reply to all of these because I'm I've had a, I'm a few deep. Right. But but I replied to yours yeah. first and um yeah, I was like I this is my brother. I got him. Dude, I appreciate that. That means a lot, man. Well, the the cool thing too is that you know, just a little peeling back the curtain even though there's like not much to peel back at all because this just started. But <laughs> um I asked you like a few weeks ago or like 3 weeks ago before this week even happened, which is crazy. Oh, I'm sorry. That's true. Yeah. I forgot that you did do that. So man, you really did say yes to me first. That's crazy. Yeah, no. I'm just no, you crap. I, I'm just giving I you just crap. mean I I'm sorry. I forgot that you did do that. Um wow, yeah. That totally, because I think it was maybe you had asked me to, you had like asked me to confirm if that was fine. I think maybe yeah. that's what I'm thinking yeah, of. I'm sorry. No, that does good, make dude. me seem kind of worse. Dang no, it. I thought that no. was going to be so nice. No, I no, I didn't mean it to. No, I just the fact that you're on here at all. We, we could even cut this out if you want, man. It's all good. Oh, but, it's fine. It's fine. All right. All right. Yeah. No, uh, dude, the fact that you're here at all means a lot. And the fact that you listen to an episode just is crazy to me that, that I, I, I appreciate that. Um. But yeah, man, it's just been cool to see. And speaking of of this week, uh, in case it somehow people don't know, if in case someone didn't know, um, let's kind of recap what what this week has been like for you, right? Because we talk about your humble beginnings of of just starting with these recap videos, putting them in the re- in the replies of the Pistons Pistons Twitter and stuff like that. To now, yeah. you were on an NBA on ESPN live stream because of a video hmm. that you posted. I don't think that's your brand, by the way. That's my opinion. I I think your brand is is deeper than that. I, you're shaking your head, but I I don't think that's your brand. 
Um, oh, I'm but, sorry. I'm shaking my head because I agree with you that it's okay, not good. my brand. So okay, I'm agreeing good. with okay, you. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, so you're, you're on ESPN. I got to ask, man, that uh, that whole experience, What? how crazy had that, was that for you? Because that just had to be surreal. So, um, not to, again, not to sound super conceited, I would imagine if people are listening to this, they probably are familiar with me and they're probably familiar with why I was even on, but just, right. let's just, I'll give a quick too long, didn't read about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, Detroit beats Brooklyn. I was very excited about it. Um, I jumped in the shower, poured beer all over myself, recorded a recap. That's it. Okay. Uh, video did pretty well. Um, it wasn't in terms of like, sheer numbers retweets and likes it actually was not my most successful my right. most success my most successful one uh was for milwaukee of <laughs> it was actually a, a bucks lakers game last december which to this day is probably one of my best and um because it's just it's just it's just hoops right it's just basketball yeah. talk and that's it but anyways um in terms of the coverage that i received from this one it was it was definitely the most successful and um, a few hours afterwards, I I see that somebody followed me that had a little little check mark, and I was like, "That's interesting." And it was a woman who uh, worked for uh, ESPN, and, I, and that was in her bio. And I go, "That is interesting." <laughs> and uh, so every time I open Twitter and I see I have a DM, I'm like, "Is this it?" Sure enough, the next morning, um, I was watching A Knight's Tale, which is a great movie, and. Uh, I just like check Twitter for a minute. She DMs me. She asks if I want to come on the show. I say, absolutely. I do calls me um, a few hours later to sort of give me the rundown. Now I've told a few people about this, um, but not everybody knows yet. Sean, I know you don't know this. I'm going to talk about this on the bun and cardigan. So James already knows about it, but our listeners don't. So I'll give you, give you a little nugget real quick. Ooh. Okay. Okay. So she calls me. And she's just giving me a – she's very nice, very sweet, very polite. And she's just giving me a rundown, making me feel comfortable about how the show's going to go. And I'm not worried about it at all because, like, I've done radio before. It's the same – it's just there's a camera. That's it. Right. Yeah. So um, she goes, now, I'm going to say this. She's like, if it doesn't – if it makes you uncomfortable, that's totally okay. Please do not feel pressured. You do not have to do anything you don't want to do. And I'm like, Okay. She goes, but we think it would be great if you joined without a shirt. And I was like, really? And she's like, yeah. And then the uh, other producer that was on the call, he kind of just offhandedly was like, you could do it from the shower if you want. And I was like, hold on. So you guys want me to join the show without a shirt from the shower? And they're like, if you're comfortable with it, absolutely, we think that would be great. And I was honest with them, and I was like, no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I don't. I never I always envisioned that one day I maybe would be on ESPN. I did not foresee that this would you know be how it goes. And um they go that's and you know what? That's okay. So I get off the phone with them and it's funny cuz James Edwards had just mentioned like 2 hours prior when we recorded our show that they might ask me that. And I was like, "Shut up, no they won't." Right. As soon as I hang up with ESPN, I call James and I'm like, you are not going to believe this. You were right. He convinces me that it's a good idea. Yeah. So I did it. And uh, another pull back the curtain thing. I don't know why. I probably should have been wearing pants. I don't know why I wasn't. Yeah, I saw I saw you said that you were just full. You, I was you just committed, full naked. Man. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I don't know why I did. 
Um, there's another little story in there. I don't. I'm not gonna say it on here. We'll talk. We'll talk after the yeah, after yeah. we get off here, Sean. Yeah. But um, no, it was really cool. And you know, they told me it would only be a few minutes, and uh, it was over pretty quick. You know, like I've said, I've done radio, so like I've heard, um, you know, like the control room in your ear before. I've heard that on on, on that. It was a little bit a little bit more intense, but um, mm. it was great. And then the show was done. And then I, it was nice that it was pre-recorded. I don't think uh, people might not know that either. When oh, you I watched it live, that. I was not on. No, it was the show aired at seven um, Eastern. My my spot probably came on around seven fifteen, seven twenty. We had right. recorded it at six thirty Eastern, so a half hour before we went live is when they recorded me. Uh, we were probably done with the segment like ten minutes before it went live. So then they just edited it in after that. Um, so it was it was really cool to to get to watch that live and you know watch everybody's reactions to it as it was happening and right and um, it it meant a lot to me like I I get out of it and I'm like yeah that was cool I guess and then I'm seeing everyone's reactions and like I wanted to cry like I was so happy that um, you know you all sort of came together in this way that. I'm giving you a lot of content that I'm supposed to save for the Bun and Cardigan show that we're going to record tomorrow, <laughs> Nick, you're, Sean. Nick, so you're a real one, dude. Seriously, so, you are a real so one. Basically, if you're listening to this, but you also listen to the Bun and Cardigan, you're just going to have to hear this again. So I'm sorry, yeah. but hey, we need the we need the listens too, right? We need the plays. So and if you don't um, listen to the Bun and Cardigan, you got to listen to the Bun and Cardigan. That's yes. There's my little plug for yep. you, Nick. I, we are available, like Sean said, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts now because people kept complaining about us not being on Google Podcasts. So <laughs> so we're on there now. Um, but it was great. Um, I think one of the most Oh wow! Really? Things that happened um, was the Detroit Free Press. Well, sorry, James doesn't want me to talk about publications that aren't the Athletic. So a certain a publication D- that we cannot certain, talk about. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, James. Um, <laughs> they wrote a story about me. I think his name was Tyler Davis. Uh, wrote wrote an article about it, and it was hilarious. Like the just reading it, it was it read like it was satire. Like right. I just thought it was so funny. Um, it was great. You know, I had a few people from the ringer say a few things and I thought that was really cool. Um, a lot of beat writers around the country and, and what have you, um, like King of the fourth quarter, uh, Kenny, um, he liked it, which made me happy. And he, we interact all the time. So like, that's kind of whatever, but it's still validating for me. Cause right. if, for those who don't know who he is, he's like probably one of, if not the biggest YouTuber, um, in terms of, you know, uh, NBA content. Um, so that was really cool. And, you know, just people being being genuinely kind. Um, when when a recap goes goes that big, um, I tend to not read replies or quote tweets because I I got positive energy right now and I don't want to. You right, know what I mean? Right, right. But but uh, yeah, it was great. That's awesome, man. Yeah, no, I my the my favorite thing after like reflecting on all that, like the funny thing was when Gary Streisky said, "Dude, we're we're praying that your tripod's working for you right now," and little yeah. does he know we actually had to pray that your tripod yeah, no, is yeah. working for you. Which is kind of what the story is that I don't want to share uh, right, right, on right, here right. is, but uh, yeah, there's kind of something that goes with that. I, I so badly wish people could have seen my setup for that because it was so genuinely hilarious and like janky and people were like, dude, you got to crush a beer like when you're on the show. And I'm like, OK, no. Right. But then I'm like, because I had no idea what they were going to ask. I had spent the whole day rehearsing answers for different questions. Um, And then the questions they asked me, I just kind of didn't think they were going to ask me. Right. But it, I, I thought to myself, like, maybe they're going to ask, like, do you have, like, a beer on standby? 
So I, I had a Miller next to me just in case. But then I was like, they're not going to ask because they don't have any syndication or, or sponsorship with Miller. So there's, they'd have to like clear it and there's a, there's a conflict right. of interest there. So they would never do that. Um, so I didn't. Um, I thought about like covering the label, just drinking some labelless beer, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, they were great. They were very nice, and um, I think I am. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful for the experience. The problem is that now everybody thinks I got so many texts from family members and just DMs on Twitter, like, "Oh, so you're getting paid by ESPN now?" I'm like, "Nope, that's not. <laughs> Still how don't that have works. a job. Yeah, exactly. Still have like seven dollars in my bank account. Like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm really not. But." <laughs> One day, maybe. Yeah. Hey, man. That No, it was awesome. And I think my favorite thing about that and why I say the shirtless, you know, in the shower with a beer, that why I say that's not your brand is because they, you know, ESPN, they might have asked you, like, hey, like, <laughs> it's still just the fact that, like, you get a call from ESPN and they yeah. ask you to take your clothes off at the first call. That's Wild. just like a, yeah, just like a, is this real, is this real life? But the fact that you're able to go on there and not only show up, and um in this way that they saw you but also to completely take them back and give them genuine analysis about the pistons and sound like you know really well put together sound really well prepared dude like you absolutely and i am not just saying this absolutely killed it and i was so proud in that yeah, thank you man i yeah i got a lot of that too like man i <laughs> there was one tweet that and i don't have it in front of me so i don't remember i'm sorry i don't remember who said it or verbatim what the tweet read but it was something to the effect of like how did you sound so reserved and then like in quotes they were like ugh another espn interview i guess and i was like <laughs> i didn't really think that i sounded that way um i think it was funny the number of tweets that i got that praised my usage of the word um amalgamate yeah, it's just a word that I use all the time. So that was that was validating, I guess, because it was like, all right, okay, cool, right? Um, you know, it was cool. I just, it's difficult. I, I know it probably doesn't sound like it from listening to you know me in these last twenty minutes, but I'm not somebody who generally enjoys talking about themselves. So you know, when you when you like right now, Sean, like you say, you praise me, you say nice things, you say you're proud of me. Does it mean the world to me? Yes. But then in my head, I'm like, okay, like, I don't know. It right. just, it just, that attention just kind of, it just, I don't want to say makes me uncomfortable, but I guess it's sort of an undeserving feeling is I'm just kind of like, you know, we can, I thank you. But like, I don't know. It's just kind of what I do. And right. um, I just, I try to make it as abundantly clear as I can that I'm more thankful for the people who gave me the opportunity than the actual opportunity itself. Exactly. Like, like you yeah well i appreciate that man that means a lot and you know um i guess we got your ego strokes out of the way no no totally kidding but no let's I, talk hoops baby yeah man i got you here this is the first time we've been able to sit down just you and me talk hoops man and i've been waiting to do this for a long time so i'm excited let's get let's dive into it and i definitely want to start um because you you have i would say you have three teams pretty much that you're known for or like your yeah. three main fan bases you got the pistons which we're getting to don't you worry um but then you have the kings and then you have the milwaukee bucks and man yeah. what a to me the milwaukee bucks are just such an intriguing story this year especially with the 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 way the e the eastern conference has changed with you know i guess brooklyn's a team i, I guess they have a couple guys that can play basketball i've heard but <laughs> no it's uh man i I got to ask you, first of all, what are your expectations for the Milwaukee Bucks this year? Because I think I, I think they've flown under the radar 
mistakenly so. I think it's a travesty. Yeah, listen, I I went pretty hard and, and pretty bold with my predictions with them last year. Right. Um, you know, I was certain, right, that God forbid they play Miami because if they don't, they're going to the finals. And mm-hmm. to be totally fair, I was right. Like, <laughs> they <laughs> yeah. played Miami and what happened? You know, that was something that I was saying since, like, the previous February. Um, right. that, that that Miami was going to be their kryptonite because they just couldn't defend the, the, the three-point line. And, you know, for having as many switchable guys on defense as they did, uh, Bud just wouldn't do it. So then you go and you get Drew Holiday. And it's like, okay, so you just got one of the most, if not the most switchable defender in basketball, right? Mm-hmm. So we got to see something here. Now, when you start the season this year with Milwaukee, we're, I don't know, about a quarter of the way through or give or take, but... You're kind of like, oh, okay. Well, Milwaukee's defense isn't. It's not the. It's not the top this year, right? Like you don't right. look at them and think that's a wall. And a lot of what that is is because they're trying different things, right? Like they're actually switching this year. It's it's impressive, right? Zach Lowe worded it very well, so I don't want to claim credit because he said it a few weeks ago. I believe it was him. Mm-hmm. He said that if I'm Milwaukee, I'm living with the. It's not turmoil, but for lack of a better word, there's some, there's some concern around what their defense is this year, but not on a level where you panic. I'd live with the growing pains now, right? So once the playoffs come around and you, you've got it down to a science, um, then it's not as much of an issue. I also think it's incredibly valuable that Giannis has sort of... Do you remember last year? One of the biggest things with Russ was like, brothers you gotta stop shooting threes oh yeah oh, and then he yeah. did he eliminates the three-point shot and it was around early to mid-january but closer to mid-january and on that it was one of the best iterations of russell westbrook that we had ever seen period right not not that it's necessarily a one-to-one because the volume wasn't the same but right in principle Giannis has started to slowly follow that same recipe um he went three games about a week ago, without taking a single three-pointer. And that was the first time in like three or four years that he had done it, right? Um, you know, just playing at the rim. And, and it's not that he can't shoot threes. It's just that why settle right? when when you're Giannis, right? Exactly. You can get whatever um, bucket you want at any given time. You are the biggest athletic freak, arguably, in the history of the league. Go, right. get, go get yours. <laughs> sure. You know, yeah, you... you you cover more ground in in two steps than uh, the Neil Armstrong, and I, I just feel like you know you can go from half court to pun intended, by the way, from half court uh, to the uh, to the rim in three steps. Like it's just something that I don't know how you don't take advantage of. And then you look at a guy like Dante Divincenzo, who, by the approximation of myself, is one of the best role players in basketball. Period. He started to 100%. dip a little bit. In terms of his three point percentage, he's just not as 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 there as he was in the opening what like two weeks of the season. And you bring in a guy like Bryn Forbes, who uh, Spurs fans were always kind of all over the place. As a Michigan State fan, I was obviously a big Bryn Forbes guy. Went to Final Four with us in 2015. Um, you know, I always enjoyed him. And he goes to San Antonio, and I'm like, it's probably the only place he would even have a spot in the league. Right. And um, Milwaukee picks him up. I'm like, good God, Bucks fans are going to love this guy or they're going to hate him. It turns out they kind of love him. Um, DJ Augustine <laughs> was the was the, was the the signee that I Bucks fans got mad at me for because I'm like, you guys are going to like him until the playoffs come around. And he's going to give you duds and you're going to hate oh, him. Yeah. Turns out 
They already hate him. So, okay. <laughs> we, little, we're already there. Um, you know, Bobby Portis has been – he's been the fun one this year, man. Like, I think he's, like, second on the team in rebounds. And, um, like, the dude just hustles, right? Like, he's just right. – he has no business as being as good of a scorer as he is. Um, just sort of an all-around player for them. Uh, with DiVincenzo, I think it – a lot of why I think he was good to start the year – was because he was almost traded to Sacramento, right? right? There's that chip on his shoulder. Oh, yeah. And he comes out, the guy shoots like 60% from three for the first like week or two of the season. And then he's like, well, I'm still here, you know? And that chip kind of starts to, and now he's kind of, he's not bad, but he's like, he's falling off a little bit. He did win me some right. money uh, uh, like a week and a half ago against the Pacers. I put money on him to score 15. I think he gave me 17. I came away with a little. I was I was excited about that, but um, you know the three pointers. They're, they're one of the best three point shooting teams in the league in terms of makes. Um, I think they're fourth in terms of percentage. I believe they're second behind. I think L A. Uh, the right. Clippers. That is. Um, so I think that the the formula is there. I there's just so much athleticism. Like Drew Holiday has put on several master class performances at how to to be a point guard this season alone, and I would take. I don't. I don't think this is a hot take, but I would take Drew Holiday 10 times over 10, 10 times out of 10 over Bledsoe and George Hill, like, combined. Like, I would oh, every rather day have of the Drew week Holiday. and twice on Sundays, dude. You kidding? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, people are going to, well, they overpaid for Drew. It was the necessary price that had to be paid in order to ensure that Giannis would sign the Supermax, which he did. Um, You know, in terms of who do I think is a threat to Milwaukee, well, Brooklyn did beat him. Right, but uh, that's the thing. I don't. I'm not scared about Miami this year. I'm not as worried about the three point defense this year. Come playoff time, as I was a season ago. Right. Um, do I have them penciled in as favorites in the East? No, not because of my lack of faith with the Bucks, though. It's more so just because you look at the East, top to bottom, and you're like. There's a lot of really good teams this year, man. Like, yeah, we were I don't saying know. a couple years ago that like, it, like the East has always been criticized for its lack of depth. But you look at the top of the standings. There's a few teams that have viable, like, like chances to go to the finals. Like, it is. I mean, you got Boston who's coming, and and it seems like every single year they're just getting like that much better. Now you have Milwaukee. Now you have Brooklyn building the the first big three tandem. You know, probably the best. I mean, the one of the best offensive teams ever already, which yeah. has been thrown around. Um, yeah. Defensively, whole different story. But just, just what they're building in there is insane. Um, yeah, I, I think, um, I think because of how flashy the East is getting, we're forgetting why Milwaukee's been such a heavy favorite because they, and, and even then, like with Drew Holiday coming in, I still feel like we're forgetting about Chris Middleton a little bit, and he comes back earlier this week or a week ago, and he, he proves who he is and he's still averaging the second most points on the team um where i get a little worried about milwaukee to me like yes absolutely you got to pay that price to go get Giannis. you got to bring in drew holiday but man the one of the things about milwaukee was their depth was um was defenders like you know i I think wesley matthews losing him was a was a difficult loss you know the fact that he's a laker by the way is stupid like wild absolutely stupid but man um I, I still think that um, I, I think people are going to quickly dismiss them. I think if if Brooke, 
if Brooklyn and Milwaukee were to meet in the Eastern Conference Finals today, I would take I would take Milwaukee right now. But obviously, that's that's premature. It's February. They're going to be playing in in June or July. But sure. Uh, but yeah, it's, yeah. It's just it's just fascinating to me how quickly we're dismissing them. I guess is what I'm trying to say. I think because it's easy. I mean, they flamed yeah. out against Toronto two years ago, and then against Miami, they, they for all. It, it was a gentleman's sweep, right? Yeah. That's what it was. Chris Middleton saved them in Game Four, and then Game Five, it was over. But oh, for sure. Um, on the Chris Middleton thing, a guy who I, I don't care—he was a fifty, forty, ninety guy last season. I don't care. The bubble screwed him up. He went in like a tenth of a percentage below fifty, forty, ninety. I don't care. He's fifty, forty, ninety. Yes, he um, is. He should make another All Star team this year. He's already got two under his belt. Um, I'd take him over a guy like Devin Booker this year. Um, one of the best, if not the best, wing defender in basketball. Um, one of the best two-way guys. Period. The closest thing that we have to Clay Thompson in the league. Yep. Um, it's uh, it's it's insane. Um, I think people are starting to come around on him in the sense that I don't know that he's as underrated today as he was a year ago. Um, right. But the IQ that he possesses, Chris Middleton, is genuinely one of the best sidekicks in basketball. Um, and um, then you look at a guy like Brook Lopez, who who Bucks fans have kind of been all over this year um because he's starting to kind of regress a little bit and they think that they can get something for him and i still haven't really seen any packages out there that i think oh i yeah i'd rather have that than brooke lopez um because i i think you still have probably the best defensive five in basketball um if you're rolling out uh if you're rolling out drew holiday dante divincenzo chris middleton Giannis brooke those are two of the best rim protectors period those are two of the best wing defenders um, you know, I, and then even Dante is again on, on both ends of the ball, like the dude's a dog. So, um, depth wise, people like last year's team better. I, I don't, here's the thing. Like you look at a guy like Pat Connaughton who Bucks fans, I almost said we, they like <laughs> memed him into being good this year. Like right. it's wild. The disrespect that we showed Pat Connaughton. Um, and now it's kind of like every time he comes in, I still get mad, but then he's like, I'm like, all right, he'll like knock down a pair of threes, like on back-to-back possessions. I'm like, all right. Um, I don't love all the Thanasis minutes. I don't, I don't care too much for that. I think it's annoying. I think everybody wants to see Torrey Craig more. There's a point like halfway through the the last night's game against Utah that, uh, Torrey Craig's last seven attempts from three, he had made six of them. Um, you know, whether he's hurt, whether it's Bud just being annoying, uh, Tory Craig, I feel like we all think they all think rather um, that Tory Craig is like the savior for the Bucks, and like I believe it too. I don't know why, but I think he's just going to be such an integral part of this team moving forward and in a potential title run. And then you even look at their rookies for a for a team that doesn't have a draft pick for a while, right? Yeah. They're even getting one taken away next year for an alleged tampering violation, which. Sure, let's just make things up. Um, they're that losing the second round pick. Was just stupid. Oh, it's just a joke. Don't even get me started on that. But yeah, well, um, that's a whole other episode, man. My goodness. Yeah, I'm already on a tangent right now. I don't want to branch off and keep this even longer. <laughs> but um, for a team that isn't going to have a draft pick for a while, nailing the Jordan Nawara pick and nailing the Sam Merrill pick. And for those of you who couldn't see what I just did, which is all of you, that was a chef's kiss. A bona fide chef's kiss, if I've ever seen one. <laughs> both of them uh, shooting 50% from three this year. They're both playing for the Herd in the G League right now. 
Um, I I've been clamoring for more Sam Merrill minutes. I've I love I freaking love this dude. Jordan Nawara's the dude can he's a scorer, like no doubt. Sam Merrill's just nice along the perimeter. Um like he and Dylan Windler, I really like both of them. But obviously Windler's with the Cavs, I'm just as a you know. Um I just I love how, how this how this roster's been constructed in Milwaukee and um I'm excited. I, I'm really excited to see where they go. I'm not excited to see them flame out. I wish Budenholzer got fired, but it is what it is. If you could, it, all right, it, let's say let's say you're the general manager of the Milwaukee Bucks. I think it's an interesting point because, um, on one hand, Budenholzer is very much a big reason why Giannis was able to elevate his game, why they're such a contender in the East now. I think just his system and the way that, I mean, doesn't take a hot take to to realize that he's a better coach than, than Jason Kidd. I, I don't think it's very hard yeah. to say. Um, Regular season coach, at least, yeah, yeah, for sure. If you were the general manager of the Milwaukee Bucks and you could bring in any coaching candidate that you would like, who would you bring in? Okay, so in this situation, I am John Horst, and I am looking at the list of available coaches. See, I was worried you were going to ask this because people always say, well, if you want to fire Bud, who would you bring in? I'm not that guy to ask because (laughs) I'm just going to tell you Avery Johnson. Here's what I oh, like about. I loved Avery Johnson, dude. He, yeah. Here's what I liked about, or here's yeah. Well, I guess I can say past tense. Here's what I loved about what John Horst did for Milwaukee this season. He handled the Budenholzer problem from the GM position. Right. Right. You go into the playoffs last year. Budenholzer won't play um, their top guys when it matters most. Right. You're playing crunch time minutes with Corver. DJ Wilson and um, Connaughton, right? That's mm-hmm. a real three that was out there. Um, I think late in game two. Mind-boggling, by the way. And it's like, yeah, I just you throw. I think it was game three. Wesley Matthews is the only guy that can competitively defend Jimmy Butler in the whole series. The last eight or nine minutes, he's on the bench, nowhere to be found. Right? Didn't check into the game. Disheartening stuff. So in terms of that. What John Horst did is he made sure that, like, only those top eight guys are really playable, right? Right. Until you start getting into the Thanasis, who who's super high energy. The way that Thanasis plays is, like, Thomas Bryant and Isaiah Stewart had a baby in terms of the energy with which they play. But that's it. Yeah. Like, he's a he rebounds pretty well, and he's, like, very explosive. But there's – I. I don't know. I just don't love the minutes. Um, right. But I do at the same time because I want to see him fight people. <laughs> but I'd also rather see, like, Bobby Porter's or something. If you right. just make those top eight guys so good and those last seven so bad that you can't even consider it, and that's not to say that the rest of the roster is bad because, again, I I do love their depth, but right. it's because of how good those top eight or nine are that right. I think – John Horst constructed the roster in a way that Budenholzer can't mess this up. We'll see, though. Right? Yeah. No. I, I, I. It. It's. It's fascinating to me how many coaches we have out there that are just that just cannot get it done in, in the playoffs for for whatever reason it is. Right? I mean, I think the most uh, the the most famous examples, Mike D'Antoni. You know, the probably one of the most successful regular season coaches this league's ever had with teams like the Suns and obviously what he did in Houston, but just can't close the deal in, in the postseason for whatever You could reason. say the Knicks if you wanted. You could throw oh, yeah, the Knicks 100%. in there. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, they had a talented roster then too, but 
yeah, just whatever reason, he just couldn't get it done. And Mike Budenholzer yep. with all these, I mean, obviously, I, I don't think the Atlanta Hawks were ever going to truly contend to be a finals team. I no, think... it was it was hilarious. And I'm so yeah. sorry, I don't mean to cut you off again. It was hilarious. They win 60 games, and it's like, yeah. okay, so they still have to beat LeBron, and that's not going to happen. Exactly, exactly. Like, like that young Al Horford doesn't quite scare me as much as LeBron right. James. Exactly. Right. Uh, yeah, so I... It, it, this is the first time he's ever had a true contender, I guess it would be fair to say. And man, he uh, he's got the keys to that car for now. But if if they don't yeah. do anything this year, I would be curious to see what kind of change is coming in Milwaukee because I would imagine you see something happen in the next couple of years if he doesn't. Yeah, if he doesn't bring him there. From everything that I understand, I'm pretty sure that Bud sticking around was like a Giannis's like wish, like for sure. Don't let go, Mike. If something were to happen, I and I and he gets let go, they amicably part ways. I don't know that you're going to see some big marquee name brought in. I, I think they would probably just internally, they would just promote like Darvin Ham, yeah, uh, uh, former Pistons champion, to the head coaching position in Milwaukee. Um, whatever the case may be, I kind of don't care. I, I guess, I guess I want it to be Darvin since he has the Pistons roots, so that way. Uh, we can. He'll finally let us win one against Milwaukee. I love right? He'll Starvin give us. Ham, he'll give us one game. Oh, a hundred percent. Oh yeah. Um, I I would just like to beat the Bucks once, and I think if Darvin Ham is their coach, I think maybe he'll. I think he'll throw. I think. I think maybe he'll. <laughs> I think he might give us one. He'll remember what we did for him, and he will yes. give us a return. Dude, if we could just beat Milwaukee literally one time, to your point, like my goodness, it is a. It is a a morality killer, like getting kicked while you're down every single time we play them. It just hurts my soul, but man, yeah, yeah I, I, I am yeah. totally that guy with coaches, by the way, I am the well who, because I do get fascinated as to what kind of situations you could see. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I would certainly be fascinated to see what's going to happen with Mike Budenholzer. And I think that's still one of the, you know, I, I think to a lesser extent now with the Supermax extension, I think, you know, the Bucks feel more comfortable. They know they have Giannis no matter what kind of situation sure. they, they have. But, um, you know, I, I still think he has one of the most interesting situations because even though he can win all these games, I'd still say when you're looking at hot seats, his might be getting a little warm if they don't if they don't make something happen soon. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I was expecting the guy to get fired four months right. ago. The um, bubble was rough for them, man. The bubble oof. was rough for them. I mean, Chris Middleton had a great bubble. He he went out there and he played, he hooped. But otherwise, it was not a good bubble for, for the Milwaukee Bucks. It, the worst part was, you. if you thought I was a little bit over the top with my Bucks hype in general, the worst part was how many times I went to war for Dante DiVincenzo. <laughs> and then he goes to the bubble, and I don't think I've ever seen a player look that scared um, than than the way that he did. And he just, <laughs> I was I was sick. And and you know, like you you watch that game four where Giannis scores. God, he had like seventeen first quarter points Unreal. against Miami, and he had rolled his ankle in the game before, and he and he, he tweaked it again. He reaggravated yeah. it in game four in that Even first worse. quarter. And he goes out, and you're like. All right, and then Chris Middleton's like, "I got it," right? right. And he say, and he saves the Bucks, and it's like, you know what? We didn't get swept. Sorry, they didn't get swept, and it's like a Freudian slip. I, you know what? We 
We didn't get swept. <laughs> I am a firm believer. I have this. I have it called the comfort food team. Since you since you ride with Detroit sports, you're allowed to have a little comfort food on the there side. <laughs> so you're a okay, dude. I mean, you you mentioned at the top of this, and we can get to the Pistons in a second. But yeah. you mentioned at the top that Milwaukee might be the most interesting story in the league. The ironic thing is, I actually think Sacramento might be, which is my other team. Now, to be fair, yeah, I have cause uh to like them so i like bucks i like i like milwaukee because bucks fans like me and well and conversely i like them now yeah um so they just sort of adopted me with the kings it was because of grant napier so they liked like he liked me and in turn kings fans liked me and then i embraced them and now i just i love them um like my sacramento king shirt is one of my favorite ones that i own oh yeah um and that's a good question for you how many uh other nba team like uh clothing items do you own okay so um not many i i do have a boston celtic shirt i i i've loved i i know i know it hurts ah, i, I like that one i know i get it not because it's a, a rivalry just because it's like that i know i get it man i here's here's the really weird thing i hate boston sports every other situation like new england patriots i despise i hate them worse than ohio state and I'm wearing a Michigan hat right now. For some reason, I love what's going on in Boston right now. And I've I loved the big three back in the day. I don't know why. Um, so I have a Celtic shirt. And then I've been uh, Kevin Durant was the first player that I've been following from his time as a Texas Longhorn to now. I've seen his entire career. I granted I didn't love the war what he did with the Warriors, but that's a whole other thing. But I uh, that new uh, that new retro tie dye jersey that they have this yeah. year. I had to cop a Kevin Durant jersey sure. in that, but um, still my favorite thing I have, and the fact you know it kind of transitioning into the Pistons now. Um, you know, I, I, we're obviously going to get to other things, but to me, um, the Derrick Rose trade was, was a bummer, a bummer and a half, but I love the Dennis Smith Jr. return. Um, the fact I have a, a Derrick Rose Pistons Jersey, cause he was my favorite player as a kid, one of my favorite players of all time. Um, man, just the fact that we got to have Derrick Rose in a Pistons uniform for a year and a half was just a fun experience for me. And, and you know, I, I think he got a lot of flack this season, I think because we, you know, I, I think Pistons Twitter just just saw the fact that we're going into a rebuild and we have these exciting young guys coming in. And I felt like it was a, it was almost this expectation that they were going to play all 48 minutes <laughs> that we were just going to bench like veterans, like still the fight yeah. of. I mean, obviously, you got to do something with Blake Griffin because he's not the same guy out there as he was. But just just this expectation that you can bench Blake Griffin to, to this certain extent, it's like that. This isn't how this works. Yeah. Uh, and I know you've addressed it before, but um, you know, I, I just, when I, when I think about what's been going on this season, one of my biggest, you know, if I could say a regret on, on behalf of Pistons fans is kind of how we treated Derek out the door. Um, Cause you know, yeah, that it was just tough, man. It was tough. So I'm going to, if you I'm disagree, no, here. that's okay. Yeah. If, well, I'm going to do something here. I don't know about, how we treated Derrick yeah. Rose. Yeah. I would say how y'all treated Derrick Rose. Because hey, I didn't do I a, was I didn't do it. Sure. I didn't do sure. a damn thing. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I was always of the, and I still won't do it with Blake. Right. I, listen, I, and you, you worded it very well at the beginning. I think, I think we almost got to a point where we sort of took for granted how freaking cool it was that, that he came here. Right. Yeah. Um, I think it was, 
shoot, was it Chris Haynes? I don't remember who it was that have, uh, initially reported that Derrick Rose was was looking to sign with the Detroit Pistons just right. a few days before free agency, and we're all like, no way. Yeah. Right? He came, and, and we're all just, like, enamored. Like, I can't – because at the time, right, put yourself in the shoes of us at the time, we're coming off of a shore we got swept. But we're coming off of a playoff appearance where, you know, Blake was uh, a third-team All-NBA. He was yep. an All-Star. He's the best iteration of himself that we'd ever seen. In the exit interviews, uh, Dwayne Casey's talking about this is a foundational season moving forward, blah, 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 what have you. Oh, yeah. Right? You lose Ish Smith, you upgrade with Derrick Rose, who just had a resurgence in Minnesota um, the season before. And we go in thinking, okay, I remember at the time we all believed – that the ceiling was the sixth seed, right? Yeah. We went into the season. We went into that season thinking we were like the Washington Wizards this season, right? Mm-hmm. People thought that the Wizards this year were like, I'm looking at this Wizards team and they're like, they're kind of sneaky good. Like, they got a yeah. pretty fun. Davis Bertans, he's like one of the best. Five years, 80 million. The old Reggie Jackson contract, right? They got they got Rui Hachimura, who, God mm-hmm. willing, if he can stay healthy, like, that's kind of fun. They got Denny Evdia. They. I don't know why I said that so well. They got Denny Avdia. They got Thomas Bryant. Like, they got some cast that can hoop on this team. Oh, like, yeah. I don't know. They're literally the worst team in the league, okay? Yep. And that's mm-hmm. what happened to Detroit. We were decimated by injury, but th- we found solace in the fact that Derrick Rose um, was amazing, right? It was one of the best seasons that he, that he had had in, in the better part of a decade. For sure. Um, and, and we were never going to trade him last year, A, because it would have been a little bit silly, but B, because he said – Please don't. Yeah. Right? I, I'm enjoying this. Yeah. The it's kind of nice were, to be good again. The reports were escalating until he also got a little injured around the trade deadline, too. That yeah. that kind of halted it. I would be I would have been curious to see what would have happened otherwise, but I don't think yeah. we would have traded him either. I no, really I, and I don't think we wanted Kuz or Caruso. So, right. Um, you know, I, and I think I, – I don't know if we could have sold higher last year. I think Dennis Smith Jr. in a pick, I said this before – the player didn't matter if right. it was Frank Nielakina, if it was Kevin Knox, um, if it was Alfred Payton or ultimately Dennis Smith Jr. It didn't matter. What right. mattered was, are we getting the Charlotte pick or are we getting our pick back? That's what it came down to. Ultimately, it was the Charlotte pick. Dennis Smith Jr. is just like, we got four free months of him, right? Yep. And then he's a, a free agent. In that time window, uh, who knows? DeLon Wright could be traded, right? Dude's playing really well. For sure. Um, and I think, uh, you know, if Killian gets shut down for the year, then you have DSJ to, to roll it out. We still have Saban Lee. You still have Frank Jackson who have games left on their two ways. Um, you know, I, I just think this is a tryout for him. And the reality is that, like, on Dennis Smith Jr., I – there's a chance that he doesn't get an NBA contract if this goes poorly. Exactly. I, we're all rooting for him. I have nothing but love for for him. Um, but let's just call it like what it is. The guy has been really bad for the last few years. Um, like he, the one thing that he has going for him is his athleticism going towards the rim, and he's really struggling to make layups in the oh, NBA. Oh yeah, yeah. So. As a guy, like you listen to him speak over the last few years, and especially when it comes to Detroit, so easy to root for, right? Oh, like you're yeah. just like, brother, I want you to be great. 
But then, and I'm not, and I'm not talking about these two games that he's played with Detroit because he's played three games all year for less than ten minutes. I'm not, you know. But eventually, right? There's gonna have to be some sort of a okay. There's something here, right? It worked with Josh Jackson. Um, it's working with Jeremy Grant. Not the same situation, but in principle, guys going into new situations and and hoping to thrive. So. As far as the return goes, yeah, it sucks to see Derek go, but it was inevitable, and right. um, it was. I'm happy for Derek because he seems happy, and so are we. So whatever. Yeah, and he always thrives with tib- with Tibbs, and you know, just the it's just a natural fit, and so for, and also for him to have another chance to go back to the mecca of of the basketball world and just to try yeah. and you know really just redeem how he played back then, you know, of course, just happy for him. They keep um, I, I, they keep finding their way back to each other, and I just yeah. and and same with Taj Gibson, by the way. This yeah. is the third time he's played for Tibbs. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Gotta gotta establish that culture. Just you know, hope that they actually. Which it seems like it's working this time around. It seems like it's clicking in New York. It didn't click as well in 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 Minnesota, but it's clicking sure. well now. Um, and I want to transition to a different point. I texted you about this the other night because this is something that has been bothering me all season long. And you said, this is something that, um, this is this, you're like, this sounds more like a podcast question. I was yeah. Like, I was like, totally you really fair. want me to, I was like, you really want me to use my answer here. Also, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Part of why I said that was because it would have been a really long text and I hate texting. So I was just like, <laughs> why don't we just talk about this later? Right. No, dude, you're fine. I just, because to me, I, I go on, I go on Twitter, I go online and I read, I read the, the, the Dwayne Casey talk. And to me, I, I feel like I'm alone in this. I feel like I'm a Dwayne Casey apologist from time to time. It, it, you know, I, I would imagine that there's other people out there, but to me, when you look at, um, you, you tweet that, that stat about, um, we lead the NBA in strength of victory, right? Which obviously yeah. when you only have, when you only have seven victories, it doesn't, <laughs> Like, does that mean a lot? But to me, sure. it's not a coincidence that you have that you have a group of guys that go out there and fight and and even against the best teams in the league, you know, make it a living hell for them for 48 minutes on a basketball court. Sure. So to me, the the Dwayne Casey slander is to me not entirely warranted. I think you can make the you can make the criticisms of, of how he's managing minutes. I think some of that is a lack of a summer camp and a lack of a full off season and you have almost an entirely new roster coming in. But also I sure. think some of it's completely fair. I gotta ask Nick, what what is your what is your Dwayne Casey thoughts? What do you think of all of, of, of everything that's said about him? Do you think he's do you think there's any hot seat for Dwayne Casey? I, I just I gotta know your thoughts. Name a coach where you get to the end of the game and you think I shouldn't say one name a coach who consistently plays a flawless rotation exactly give me one like I I would love for somebody to be like use this coach as an example and if you're going to say Frank Vogel if you don't think that that is as black and white of a rotation as it could possibly be I'm talking about like look at Tibbs Emmanuel quickly still doesn't play as much as he should as regularly as he should, right? Mm-hmm. There's still some conflict there. They can't even get Obi Toppin into the rotation. Some of that is just because Tibbs plays eight guys and that's it, right? Right. And if you're not in that eight, I'm sorry. It's going to be growing pains. And I do understand to an extent, like like last night was a good example. 
Um, it was really annoying because the second I tweeted it, he subbed into the game. I was like, I feel like Sadiq Bey should be closing this game. And with two minutes and ten seconds left in the game, he did. Mm-hmm. I had to delete that. Um, but, like, I would have liked to have seen – and not, I'm not – he closed the game. I'm not mad. He deserved it. But at the end of the day, like, my line of thinking was, okay, Sadiq doesn't play, like, the whole third quarter. And then he comes in in the fourth and then gets, like, taken out. I just wish it was – the allocation was such that um, – he was able to play like those final five minutes. We ended up right. winning the game, so I'm not mad at the end of the day. But God forbid, had we lost, that's what it, what one of, one of the talking points would have been. Right. So I think here and there, you know, there are going to be some irregularities, and there's going to be some things to be a little bit upset about. Um, in terms of like, why is Blake Griffin playing as much as he is? Why did Derrick Rose play as much as he did? Well, the reason Derrick Rose played as much as he did is for the reason that we just talked about because he got traded. Yep. You have to showcase that these guys can play. If you're going to say, well, we just we can see that Blake can't play. First of all, in the last week, Blake is looking better and better um as, you know, relatively speaking as 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 better as he can, right? The Lakers right. game um at home that we won was the best that Blake has looked in 2 years. I think it was the um who did we who was the oh the Pacers. It was Nets Pacers Celtics. That's what yep. it was. So in the Pacers mm-hmm. game Blake burned up all his mobility in the first seven minutes, and the rest was just kind of meh. Yeah. Um. I think there's still something there for them for for him. I just don't know how interesting of a of a trade piece he would be, but that's still there, right? I don't think people realize, and James Edwards talks about this all the time, even off the air. We just he really hates the people bringing this up because and he's right because it's stupid. Yeah. You can't bench Blake. You're gonna bench thirty six million dollars. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um. People always say, uh, well, like Casey, there was a, a, a some odds that came out a few weeks ago, maybe a week ago. I don't know. Time is a flat circle. Yesterday feels like, I don't know. Um, what is time anymore? A total yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. Um, <laughs> some odds came out. Dwayne Casey was the third, had the third best or third worst, however you want to look at it, odds to get fired. Yep. And I was like, what? what what's the cause right what are we firing him for if you don't think he's gonna coach until the end of his contract i don't know what to tell you i think by the unless something catastrophic happens you know between now and then maybe he's just like i'm too old for this i don't want to do this anymore right he's not getting fired nope um i wouldn't rule out like amicably parting ways i think that would be a bit of a surprise but even then i would anticipate that we still have about two and a half more years of Dwayne casey by then, I think um, he'll probably be at an age where he's like, I'm done. I'm done right. coaching basketball. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, I just really struggle to understand. And it's like in a world where Blake does get traded and Derek gets traded, and obviously he already did, you realize that that means now you get all the Seku and Killian Hayes that you want. You get all the Sadiq Bay and the Isaiah Stewart that you want. We're going to stop complaining about it pretty quick. Again, I don't know about we, but y'all will yeah, stop complaining yeah. about it pretty I'm quick. I'm going to agree with it. I'm going to agree with you on y'all because that <laughs> there's I, a, right. again. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a there's a vision. I think it's very clear. Um, I think yeah. it's convenient that Casey isn't getting credit for these wins. Um, but when we lose to 20 or I'm sorry, lose to Cleveland or Golden State by 20, um, then we're back to minutes. Yep. I think it's very frustrating, and you mentioned that you're a Casey apologist, and I've 
I've said the same. I've shared the same sentiment on several occasions. I 100% agree with you, man. Um, I have. I, I need to word this delicately. I <laughs> think that people would be. I can't say it, but um, I I wish I wish people knew as much as they could, so that they wouldn't feel the ways about Dwayne Casey that they should because they're misguided and wrong. Yeah. That's what I'll say. Yeah. No, I think, and I think that you worded that perfectly because I think for one, I I think this exact scenario was played out when he was brought in in the sense of, I I think he was a great hire at the time because if we were going to build on that foundational season and we were going to see playoff runs, we have a coach that has experience that could lead us through that. But also if, if this roster didn't work and if, if that roster didn't work and if Blake was, was not going to come back healthy, I would imagine that they had a rebuild in mind and, and what that's why you bring in a guy like Dwayne Casey is so well known for helping build that system that he did in sure. Toronto. And, and even then, I don't think people like, I don't know if people realized or not, but Dwayne Casey helped interview for, for Troy Weaver. He was very much involved in, in that process of bringing him in. So people saying, Troy's got to be looking at Dwayne and wanting to fire him. No, like, like Dwayne wanted Troy, Troy there. I would imagine Troy wants, wants Dwayne there too. That's very sure. much a, uh, a relationship and a partnership that that's going to be integral going forward. Sure. So to your, to your point, there's a vision here. We just got to be patient, man, because I yeah. think, I think we're already seeing the fruits of being patient because we were clamoring for, why aren't we getting minutes for Isaiah Stewart? Now we're seeing this guy start two straight games and um, against Indiana, man, he just played a heck of a game, especially against a guy like DeMontis Sabonis, who is, you know, a very difficult guard on any given night, but let alone your first start. I thought he handled that really well. And, you know, I think um, it's been said of how, a lot of you know myself included see a lot of Ben Wallace and him if Ben Wallace was a modern in 2021 coming into the league Isaiah Stewart is like you brought it up earlier his strength the dude is just a dog um Sadiq Bay last night against Boston as as of when recording this oh my gosh man I I I think I saw you tweet that you didn't expect that from him or you didn't know that he, that could come from him but that was just so was... I tweeted the I didn't know Sadiq Bay could do that was after he dunked. Okay. He had a okay. like a little mini yeah. poster and I was like, he could do that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't that know was he could a heck that. of a dunk, man. Like yeah. my goodness. Um yeah, it's and, and then obviously Killian, not enough of a sample size. The guy no. the kid nineteen year old kid without a s without a summer league coming in after playing in France. Like, listen, I think I think he and Seku are both pretty raw and um and I think that's just the reality of it. How often do you forget that Isaiah Stewart is also 19? I, I don't believe that. All the that. time. I, I, I don't believe it. You just reminded me that. That is crazy. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Benchwarmers, but when oh, they yeah. get the guy and he has his birth certificate and it says, I am 12, but he's like 45. <laughs> written in, that's written just how in crayon, it, yeah. Like, I don't think, like, like DeAndre Ayton is a good example of a guy who says he's, like, 21, but I'm like, brother, you're, like, 36. Um, <laughs> Isaiah Stewart doesn't look quite that old, but he does not look 19. And I also, I just refuse to believe, because James always talks about, not like, he's a sweetheart, he's such a nice guy, he's one of the nicest guys on the team. Mm. And I'm like, I don't believe you. I don't, I don't believe that. 
seems like a guy who would just want to fight everybody that talks to him. Not even in like a, I think he's mean. I just don't believe that he's like nice. I don't. Not even just that. You. I think. Right. I think you get what I'm saying. But yeah. Oh, I get what you're saying. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like back in the day, like Isaiah. I mean, uh, and Dominican Sue when he was in Detroit, people would always say he's one of the most well mannered, nice nicest guys off yeah. the field. But on the field, he's stomping people's faces in, and I'm like, what the heck. That that can't be true. I totally get what you're saying. Um, but I kind of yeah. want to, speaking of Seku, I, I think um, I I couldn't possibly not talk about Seku with you. I, we got to talk Seku. Um, uh, I think all I, right, let's do it. I know, I know. I'm sorry, Nick. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, again, my thought on Seku is, I, I think, again, it's very much the, it, it, it comes back to the y'all <laughs> piece of it. I, I think people, I think people forget he's, He's 19, 20 years old as well. He had a very unprecedented offseason. He, he's not getting many minutes, but now that he's getting more minutes, I think, it's, in my opinion, it's kind of showing why you don't want to give him too many because I don't think people realize that playing in an NBA game with how that can shake your confidence if you have too many minutes and you're out there flat out getting exposed and, and dunked on and all this stuff, all those minutes, to me, just... Um, Seku is very much the patient game as well. Um, I don't know if you agree with that or not, but I think this season it's it, it has I've I've been a little you know not if I had to react to anything I haven't been super encouraged by what I've seen, but also sure. I do want to take a backseat on him because I do think that there is a lot of potential there. Um, yeah, what, I, what what are your thoughts of how his minutes been handled? How he's been handled in general? What are your thoughts on the Seku situation? Yeah, first I want to be transparent. I'm not mad that you brought it up. I'm just like, it's just I think I, no, I, I think it. I'm so I think I'm just so over the idea of trying to watch him be good now that I'm like, why even talk about it? Because we're very clearly playing the long game with him, yeah. kind of a thing. So it's like, what is there to keep saying about him? Exactly. That I'm, I, you know, yeah, like I, I just I, – I watch him, and if he does something great, like in the preseason he scores 23 and all of them were on uh, cuts to the basket, finding the soft spots and just laying the ball up at the rim, great. But, um, you know, he still has to make some pretty substantial strides as a passer, as a shooter. Um, I don't I don't know <laughs> – again, it, you don't want to make assumptions about a 20-year-old, but I watch him pass, and I'm like, I don't know that you're ever going to have that in your bag. <laughs> yeah. um, which is which yeah. is I mean it's whatever like if he's gonna play defense and score then it's fine but um, you know he's had a, a few really strong um, throwdowns this year I just you know when he's out there I'm like that's cool you know go do right. something but when he doesn't I'm just kind of like that's fine because you're 20 and I don't know and I just I have a take in the chamber about him that I don't think is appropriate to throw out there. Um, I'd love to hear it after we record, by the way, I'd love to hear that after we record. <laughs> sure. Sure. I, sure. Um, he's only 20, so I don't think it's fair, but, um, it, I think it's just a classic case of Pistons fans talking themselves into something that isn't true. Yep. Um, you know, Giannis was, uh, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Neither was Giannis. So yep. neither was, that's not neither the... was Pascal Siakam, the sure. most common comp that we get for him, by the way. Sure. And it's and it's not to say that because this just feeds into what I just said, where we're putting expectations on him that don't exist. We did the same thing with Killian. Um, 
you know, it's not to say that, that Seku's going to turn into Siakam or Giannis, but just for comparison, some of these players who turn out to be some of the best in the world, um, they're not all amazing on day one, right? right. So um, it's you, you got to live with the growing pains. Um, this is the part of a rebuild that, you know, it does take some time. You're not going to see day one results. Like Sadiq Bey, for like up until this last week, for the last like two weeks, kind of wasn't great. Like he was kind of mm-hmm. falling out of the rotation, but then he comes along and he breaks two franchise records. Um, I'm sorry, breaks one and ties another one. And, um, you know, you, you just got to wait. Like we knew right. the season was going to have its ups and downs, and sometimes Seku's the down, and that's just kind of what it is. Eventually he could hopefully be an up, but the French Revolution is here, and it is here to stay. 100%, and I think that's a great way to put it. Um, I, I don't want to dwell on all the negatives either. I, I think sure. I think we got to close on some positives. Um, Jeremy Grant, if he doesn't yes. win the if he doesn't win the most improved player, I will riot. I, I will I will storm Adam Silver's office or whatever it takes because the dude is just flat out balling. Um, if if you had to say what's been your biggest pleasant surprise this season watching the Pistons, I'm not gonna say Jeremy Grant because it's obviously Jeremy Grant, right? I'm not going to say anything about the rookies. I'm going to say um, I'm a little bit surprised, and I mentioned this on the last episode of the Bonnet Cardigan Show, um, things like how good we are at getting to the line. Yeah. Um, the physicality with which we play, even though we don't have – I can't say we don't have the biggest lineup because we actually do have a really tall lineup. Um, obviously, the competitiveness is great, the resilience, the unwillingness to just lay down and die – I I guess it's also sort of becoming a problem, though, because when the unexpected becomes the expected, you stop having fun. For sure. I said this the other day. I almost texted James before the Brooklyn game and was like, we're going to win this game, aren't we? Like, you go into that game and we kind of started to realize, like, oh, we're beating all the good teams. So we're probably (laughs) going to beat Brooklyn because they're not good defensively, right? No Kevin Durant. And then you start stomping them into the ground and you're like, yeah, we are going to do this, aren't we? And by the end of the game, I was kind of like, okay, yeah, no, nah, this is still pretty hype. Right. Um, so I, I would say I, I don't want free throw attempts to be my, you know, my most excited thing because that's <laughs> right. not fun. You know, obviously the play of Jeremy Grant, um, I would say just the overarching success of this rebuild early on For is sure. really encouraging. Um, you know, you, you, you aspire to, um, gain more than you lose in a situation like this. And I, and I think that we have, um, you know, through, through everything that's happened in free agency, um, even though we let Christian would walk, um, you know, through all the, through all the, the numerous trades that we made. Um, I think that, you know, that we're in a much better position. And um, I, agree. I would, I would just say, um, yeah, just the, the early encouragement from uh, Troy Weaver's uh, regime. 100 percent it's and just how quickly um to your point that it's come into especially with a guy like josh jackson who i'm gonna be honest i thought was a flat out bust i i, I call i yeah. i i written i you know i i try to not you know um have someone's writing on the wall that like quickly he was someone i had and the fact that he's coming to detroit another reclamation project another guy who has something to prove something on his shoulder and he is just flat out proven that he can play in this league in Detroit. And I think it's a perfect situation for him too. So if sure. I hope he's in our long-term plans because man, well, that's just a fun guy to watch. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, on the, on the Josh Jackson thing, like, it's a great point. I don't know how I forgot to mention him. I, I think if it was ever going to work for him anywhere, it was probably going to be his hometown team. 100%. You know, um, one of my favorite stories, I don't remember which reporter reported it, but for the sake of it, I'm going to say that it was James. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Um, sometime, I don't remember if it was the preseason, if it was like a weekend of the regular season. Someone was like, how's life like now that you're just here, like you're just right. home? He goes, man, like I, I come home from practice and like my mom makes me lunch and like it's great. And I'm like, that's so cute. Like that's right. just like you're just like playing for like your AAU team or something like that. Like that's awesome. And then he just comes to, you know, he just goes to LCA and gives you 20. So, you know, it's really nice to see that he's, he, he, you know, he leads the team in scoring in the opening night against Minnesota. And then it was just like the first few, the first week of the season, the Motown Noah's best friend of the night was just like. Josh, Jeremy, Josh, Jeremy, Josh, Jeremy. Like, it was just them going back yeah. and forth. And, um, you know, then he has the ankle injury, and you're like, dang, like, now he's going to kind of come back down to earth a little bit, and, like, that right. sucks. And then for the first few games, he kind of did. But, like, now he's back. Like, he's just – you catch Josh Jackson going downhill, um, and it's unlike anything that we've seen from him uh, so far in his in his career at the, at the next level. Um, and it's been great. Uh, he's not necessarily a liability on defense, which was something that I kind of worried about. Um, right. You know, in Memphis, um, mainly in Phoenix, the guy could get to the rim, but it was what he would do with his body at the rim that just didn't make any sense. Right. And now it does, like this continuity. Like, it just makes sense. He really likes that up and under. Um, he's drawn a lot of and ones. Like, the dude is just, we're at a point where, you know, and and it's been I think three days since I've checked it. I know the numbers haven't changed. Jeremy Grant is uh, leading the team in field goal attempts by by roughly two hundred, right? And second is Josh Jackson, and it's like you probably could have guessed that because that's just where it feels like the offense is, you know? Right. Um. And it's it's difficult to say that it's working because brother, we're still like seven and eighteen. But for 100%. but for what we're expecting, right? Um, it's kind of what it's 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 nice to have a season where you're not expecting anything because then when good things do happen, you're like, news. That's fun. <laughs> exactly, I like that. Exactly. So, yeah, I think that's what makes it such a refreshing thing that there is. Like you said, like how you coined this team on ESPN and on on your on your recap video too, the best worst team of all time. You know, I you know I that 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 phrase took on such a such yeah. a, it, it got some legs so quickly. Ugh. I think you just said it in passing as like a yeah. funny thing to say, but I think we're coining it because it's kind of a fun thing to own because it's a weird branding yeah, of this team. It's just bothering me because it's the dumbest thing that I could have said, and it's really making me mad that people care about that. Listen, I'm not going to... You had poured of... beard on yourself. You were in a shower. Yeah, Miller White was in like, your eyes. Like, yeah, man, I get it. I I think the Motor City, where your favorite team goes to die, was way better than the best worst team. I agree. Um, And I kind of want the shirts on that, right? <laughs> I kind of want the... I would like a t-shirt that says that. Um, but yeah, listen, like I said, I don't think that recap was particularly good. I think it was one of my worst. I think, and this isn't me fishing for compliments. This is just me saying, right. I think it it got attention because I poured beer on myself and because intermittently throughout those two minutes, I did say a few things that were a little bit catchy that sort of captured the moment a little bit. Yeah. Um, 
and just sort of saying some of those things, like you said, in passing, I, people gravitate towards it. Like whatever, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, whatever, them. dude. Yeah, exactly. It, you know, for me, like, I, that's why I was surprised too. Cause like you said, even it was like, not the first time you poured beard on yourself in a shower. No. That's definitely not a regular thing you do, but man, I guess the second time's the charm. Cause yeah, I mean the first time did pretty well, but yeah. it was just mainly within our own community. Cause it was the, for the Pistons Twitter, uh, when I beat Duncan, when Blake yeah. Griffin and Luke Kennard yeah. and, you know, um, and I think that was, I, that I deserved that one. Come on. Like I, I that oh, was hundred percent. That was worth it. Um, that was insane. this one and it's annoying cause you beat the Celtics and I had an influx of followers from that, from that whole, you know, 24, 48 hours. Right. So, so a lot of my new followers were like, you know, we beat Boston and they're like, get in the shower. And I'm like, brother, I can't do this every game. Right. You know, it loses. I can't do that. And, and so now at this point it's like, well, when do you do it again? Milwaukee. Yep. I'd say Milwaukee. If if we beat Milwaukee, now here's the problem. I might be able to be at that game. The the thing is though, we don't know if in the second half of the schedule we do play the Bucks again. But we've played them three times, two were on the road, one was at home. I believe that was how it shook out. So technically we could play one more in Detroit and I may be able to go to that game, but I still have to have a conversation about that with some someone. So um We'll see. But and then even if it's there, it's like I'm not gonna buy a twenty five dollar beer at Little Caesars Arena and then right. you know, dump it all over Dude, myself. My so. honest thing is you you like the only way I would see you do it again, and this is maybe this is just me being unrealistic, I say you save the shower until you get a playoff game, man, or like when we're back in the playoffs, which so that would be a few years off. That's unrealistic, but you know, I think the Milwaukee game is a good compromise, but to me it's yeah. like it's gotta be authentic. You know what I mean? Like I because to me, that's what was that was that's to me what was special about it is it was authentic. Sure. Of, there was some genuine hype behind it. But I think, I think maybe if we win the lottery, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Right. Like I think this year, Cade Cunningham transcends this franchise for sure. I think if if the timetable works as such that Imani Bates is able to reclassify and he can come out next year, right. Um, and we're in a position to win that lottery. I'm probably buying champagne for that, like a hundred percent. Oh yeah. Um, because that is that is that's different, right? For sure. Um, I think I think lotteries are appropriate, even if, yeah. So, but otherwise, I agree that the novelty of it wears off pretty quick. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't do it for every game. Milwaukee is a personal thing. But also because Detroit can't get over that hump. We've lost, I think, 13 in a row to them, maybe 14 at this point, including the playoffs, obviously. So that one, I think, um, for people who know me, right, will get why I'm so excited there. Because I am sick of those guys. Like, it's insane the, 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 the switch that flips, right? 81 games a year, or as it is this year, 71 games a year. I love the Bucks, right? Um, well, I guess we play them more than once, but you get what I'm saying. But then when For we sure. go to play them, I hate them so much. And I, and their fans, their tweets are annoying. And I'm like, guys, shut up. Why do I follow so many of you? Why do I follow like 300 of you guys? <laughs> right? But then the game's over and I love them again and it's whatever. But, man, like that rivalry to me is real. And I remember how many of them were so mean to me during the playoffs. And then I guess they just – liked me i i still don't know what happened but yeah man i don't get it I, I, 
No, but I'm with you. The day we beat the Milwaukee Bucks again, it's going to feel like we won the lottery because it is just it, it is coming and when it when it eventually happens, it is going to feel so good. I this is a heat of the moment take that I'm going to when I list within like 5 minutes, I'm going to be like I don't believe that anymore. But in this moment, <laughs> if I could have the number 1 pick in the draft or beat the Bucks, I would rather beat the Bucks. I would rather have the number 1 pick. I, no, I, I know, it. and, I and I, yeah. everybody would, but yeah. but and again, in five minutes, I'll walk that back. But right now, in this moment, <laughs> I'm riding high. I want to beat those guys. I hate them. Well, that right there, ladies and gentlemen, was this week's episode of From Half Court. At the end of our recording, we had some connection issues, and we were able to get back together, but there was just some other issues that were happening. I just want to thank Nick so much for joining. You can follow him on Twitter, at Nicholas Henkel. And you can also find his podcast, The Bun and Cardigan Show, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify, any podcast service that you'd like. Nick is genuinely one of the coolest dudes ever. He and I were able to talk on the phone after for a little while, and I just can't thank him enough for joining the show. And I can't thank you enough for listening. So thank you so much for joining this week's episode of From Half Court. You can find me on Twitter at West. 255 yep again i will keep saying it that is my twitter handle thank you so much for listening and i will see you next week from half court 